hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John. I love, What's with the cadence? I, I was trying to do something different. On script notes, they always do like a different cadence every time, or at least uh, Craig Mazin does. And I yeah. thought that maybe, you know, seven, six seasons into our podcast, right. I could start something new. <laughs> On blank check, so, they'll go like 17 minutes and go, oh, we haven't introduced the podcast exactly, yet. Exactly. There that. you go. We, we usually stick to like... A little shorter than that. Well, so. you know, I we're trying to walk a fine line between informal and extremely formal. Right, right, right. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Yeah. So, uh, so John and I already talked off mic, so I already know how John is doing. Um, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good. Working. Yeah. Watching the summer. I turned pretty. <laughs> it's my birthday next week. Planned a trip to Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, apologize. I, I apologize to our listeners for uh, the the latest scheduling snafu. My new job has uh, decimated my work life balance. Oh, it's totally okay. I mean, and they I moved the show to Sundays. That if is the show were on Wednesdays. We wouldn't be having this problem. That is the one thing. It's like because sometimes we're like, okay, well, we'll just make it work on the weekends, but the weekend is very far. Right, right. It's the, the furthest <laughs> it can possibly be from the last episode. Exactly. Though I will say, sorry guys, I'm moving around. I will say the good thing is. Riverdale has a very chaotic schedule for the last like five episodes. <laughs> so it's also not returning That's in a timely right. fashion. You texted me right after I was complaining about the Superman scheduling. And you're like, yeah, it's one episode and then another two week <laughs> break. And then the next episode. And then another Riverdale. break. I don't, I don't know if it's even going to be regular after July 6th. I don't think it is, but. This is why the show shouldn't air into the summer. This is strange. I know it is weird, but hey, look, we're here. We're going to talk about it, regardless Great. of the timeline. Great. What are, what are our fans talking about? Oh, my God. Our fans actually had a lot of questions. Yeah, I, I first, was noticing a lot. The first one was from Beth, which was, how am I the... Uh, it is how... What did she say? <laughs> well, first she was like, was this the worst musical episode? Can we even call it a musical episode? Which I do Yeah, honestly, I, I agree. There's a big asterisk this week. <laughs> I completely agree. And then, is Caitlin a witch who curses Riverdale with more gays? <laughs> I just want to also point out that Beth is not homophobic, though when I read it that way, it certainly sounded That's right, that's right. Beth is, if anything, extremely excited about your ability to manifest queer relationships for the women in this TV show. It's only... Can you do one for Veronica? You know, I don't think so, because I... (laughs) I, It's not that I think that Veronica could not be attracted to women, it's just that I think that Veronica... Is not attracted to women. No, I mean, sure, like, if we want to believe that for people, but... I think it's more that she, everything has been seen through the, she's trying to impress her father and then all the other men in her life and always trying to live up to them. Right. That somehow I feel like she could not handle like just sapphic energy. It's mm. my psychological analysis. I think, I think you're onto something there. Yeah. She needs somebody to, to like have fixated on as a, her daddy of the week. Sorry. That was weird. That was a weird way to phrase <laughs> that. Um, oh, and this was actually a question that I thought about because I said in my brain, I was like, yes, of course, tell, don't show. <laughs> and I, I, are you going to know what I'm talking about? But were you worried that when they cut to after Betty's performance, they weren't going to show it? For a second, I was like, hold on, this is just not in the episode. Because right. everyone was like, wow, Betty, it, what a great it, song. It does feel like something the show would do at this point. Late period, Riverdale would totally be like, and it was amazing, and you didn't see it because it was outdoors. You didn't need to see it. 
Uh, yeah, I really did think that. And I was actually going to text you until they performed <laughs> right, this right. Once it started, it's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, it's like, wow. Okay. But yeah, so this was an episode of, of Riverdale. It was. It, it was, was. It was a full-length episode of Riverdale. <laughs> I liked the episode in the sense that I enjoyed the character moments. And I enjoyed, obviously, Drake and Betty. Dready forever. Yeah. I did not... Like, okay, so here's the thing. I did not like the music of the episode. Mm. So. Yeah, there was maybe like two songs that stuck out for me. But I, I couldn't tell you the names of any of them. I didn't Yeah, really I have no idea. Up. And we should know, guys, I'm a really big fan of American Psycho, the book, the movie. I mean, my whole personality, Brady Snellis in college. I know he's a very problematic figure now. It's fine. We're moving past it. That's I right. learn, That's I grow. Right. Moving on. But I thought this was hilarious so at the beginning of the episode first of all we're just going to the title of the episode right uh yeah okay so this is it it's to american psycho based on the 1991 novel american psycho by brett easton ellis who also wrote lesson zero rules of attraction glamorama he also wrote lunar park and he also wrote Imperial Bedrooms, and these are all of his books. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I really like I his to, writing. Like, throw in something made up and stupid. He wrote the movie Something's Gotta Give, like... and, and also the movie Something's Gotta Give, famously. Um, no, he actually wrote the movie The Canyon, starring Lindsay Lohan. That... Anyway, so he did. That's a fact. But The American Psycho, the musical, it was a musical based on American Psycho, the movie, book, etc. I guess more so the movie, but the music. The lyrics, music and lyrics were written by Duncan Sheik, which is what they say in the show. And you're like, with music. Sounds like a made up Riverdale name. No, no, Duncan real, Sheik. <laughs> real guy. It's a musical, There, it's a musical, music and lyrics by Duncan Sheik. And the book is by Roberto Gersacasa. So that's why they didn't mention the fact that Roberto wrote the book because they're like, music by Duncan Sheik. And that's it. And that is all who was involved in the making of this. Huh. So okay, yeah. okay. So little self insert. Well, he did. I think he did something also with the carry the music. Mm. I could be wrong. Let's find out. I I mean he was. It was definitely makes it easier to get the rights and everything when you're involved in it. That is very true. Um, when did this? Yeah. When did this perform? It was never on Broadway, right? It ran in 2013 in London, 2016 on Broadway, and then 2019 in Sydney. Wow. So I somehow. It's shocking to me that I have not seen this musical. I now, knowing the music, I don't think I like this music. And I, I, this is what, the music to me, so the book is very, if you guys have seen the movie, it's very similar to the book, but the book is like extremely graphic and very much like, much more like horrific and terrible and like violent. And I know I'm making myself sound psychotic the more I talk about how much I enjoy it. But the book's a really great satire. It's really like about toxic masculinity and insight into like yuppie culture and um, just kind of like the insecurities around always feeling like you have to like keep up with people and that sort of uh, culture of greed and excess that was in the 80s 90s but the music for this is so on the nose it's like we are going out and we like expensive clothes <laughs> and i'm like there is a little bit more nuance to this to this whole thing than that and it's like it's like kevin's like i love the club and going to the club and being rich and so 
That's, you know, verbatim. Is that is that actually how the play is, though? Or is it Veronica canonically in this episode says, I told Kevin to make it all 80s club glam fam. So, fab, sorry, 80s club glam fab, which as we all know is definitely the aesthetic most serial killer fans are super right, into. Right, of course, of <laughs> And course. so like, could, did that affect the arrangements? Because I know sometimes they shift things for these. Well, I will say I imagine the musical is, you know, the, the play set in the 80s. It looks very much like even the movie, like how the, yeah. you know, the, the, it, the style works for me. It's just one of those things that's like, the musical didn't really take subtle, nuanced <laughs> right. things. But I'd have to see the music in the musical as, as it was intended to be performed instead of the, this version. Right. Of sorry, still sitting my hand. <laughs> this version of uh, Riverdale's warped American Psycho musical. This episode was not written by the usual person who writes all the musicals either. Oh yeah. This was written by Tessa Lee Williams and Greg Murray. Tessa doesn't write. No, who writes the musicals? It's um. Tessa Williams. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. What's happening to me? That doesn't make sense. It's okay, John. Sometimes, huh. sometimes my glib has a purpose. I thought there was someone. There's someone else, right? There Who's are. Who's the Arabella? I'm getting confused with Arabella. I, that's weird because, like, I also in my brain sometimes like would conflate their episodes, yeah. even though their names aren't that similar. Tessa's previous episodes include, of course, uh, Venomous. Our favorite from this from this season. Uh, uh, Next to normal, wicked little town in treatment. A lot of the greats. A lot of the greats. I really liked uh, that Hedwig episode from the music. Actually, I I went back on my uh, old feelings about it. Mm. The I liked Cole Sprouse singing "Wicked Little Town." Yeah, that was pretty good. It's, I like the the the, the sub arc of all of these has been getting Cole to like participate in the musicals, mm-hmm. and now uh, this episode he's not he's in. in one shot. <laughs> he's so he definitely didn't show up for set for this, right? I don't think so. No, it's kind of funny. He like hasn't been in a few episodes. Yeah, for a main character, it's odd. This episode was also written by Greg Murray, Greg. who had previously written uh, Mr. Cipher. That's the one with Mr. Cipher. That's the one with Mr. Cipher. Uh, Riverdale R.I.P. question mark. And that was... That was the last season finale. The one where they blew up Archie's house. Yes. Okay, yes. cool. And uh, let's see, one more. Climax. I don't know what that one was. I believe this was the first episode of season five. Betty and Jughead's investigation into the auteur leads them to a secret underground for Red Rand screenings right. to impress the Naval Academy Commandant Archie participates in a boxing exhibition against another candidate, K.O. Kelly. Okay, so this one was actually... this it's Kind of memorable. Yeah, yeah it's memorable. That's specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for once. It's not like Archie has to make a choice. Right. Veronica. Well, you know how it is. There's a huge difference between an episode in the middle of the season and an episode at the end of the season. Yeah. With what they do. And this episode was, of course, directed by Gabriel. Oh, how's he doing in Canada? He's, he's, he's still not there. cold. <laughs> Right, so I have five plot lines. Admittedly, one of them probably should have just been absorbed by another. So we got SlaughterCon. Okay. We got, if this ghost trade isn't done by Bailey's Comet, so help me God. Is that just the whole thing? Yeah. Uh, we have, how's Jughead doing? Okay. Another classic Cheryl Kevin mess around. <laughs> and uh, Hybristophilia. Let's start with another Cheryl Kevin mess around. All right, love it. Tony pops by Cheryl's to tell her that she's marrying Fangs. She shouldn't have done that. <laughs> not, a, not a bit. I don't know no. why this needs to be a stop on her tour. No. She already divorced herself from Cheryl's life. 
Also, they dated in high school. I'm. <laughs> it's been seven years. It's been a long time. Cheryl introduces Heather, who apparently just lives in the house now. Yeah, again, when they're her pets. Later in this storyline, Heather's like, okay, time to go home. And I'm like, why? You <laughs> haven't gone home for weeks. I am out of underwear and you have no washing machine. <laughs> I checked. She introduces Heather and Tony's like, oh, that's great. It's nice to meet you. Come to my bachelorette party. I wanted to be a third people I've never met before. That's the <laughs> right balance I want at my bachelorette party. So I need you and one other person. No, it's, it's uh, my ex-girlfriend... And then it's a bunch of strangers, including an FBI agent. Yeah, an FBI agent I don't know. Cool. Who's somehow involved in an illegal absinthe ring. Right. Yeah, that's a weird choice. It's a weird thing to have under the surface of all yeah. Veronica scenes now. Is everyone's yeah. like, and we're cool with this. Although a lot of sure. Betty Veronica interactions this episode are, Betty, you know I've murdered a lot of people. <laughs> Betty going, of course. As an FBI agent, I'm fine with this. Right. Yeah, there's no question ever if Betty's ever like, oh, should I choose the law or my friendship? Veronica just like, tells them these things and they're all like, well, we're friends, so it's cool. <laughs> Famous, famously, it's fine. We're not really, we don't have a problem with it because we like you, girl boss. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No matter how close to the sun she girl bosses, she and will Tony, always be protected. Tony knows the only, the only thing better than a bachelorette party is, of course, a bachelorette party that ends at a serial killer convention. I'm going to be honest, if they had this, I might go. <laughs> Like, talking about this a lot. I was like, would I? I've done weirder things. And we'll get there. I've done weirder things than this. So judge them all you want, okay? Uh, Heather tries to check in on Cheryl afterwards, but Cheryl just gets kind of wound up denying everything. I don't know. Cheryl creates all of her anxieties around Heather wholesale. Heather, every interaction is like, I love you. I love everything about you. <laughs> and I want to spend every minute with you. And Cheryl's like, I can't tell you the truth about me. You might judge me. Heather's <laughs> like, look, it's I, fine. No, I'm, I'm an actual witch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like Heather. She's like a complete nothing of a person. She's absolutely blank slate. Yeah. Just, just there for everything Cheryl could possibly want or need. I can project anything I want into Heather. So that's why I like her. I just want, I want to see this girl when she doesn't look like a 60s librarian. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I think she actually might be from the 60s. Oh, is that what they did? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It might not make sense because she was a child at one point, but who knows? So Cheryl pops by Kevin's. Doesn't ask him what's going on with his life. Just goes, hey, do you want to curse Fangs and Tony? And he's like, down. Does Kevin, All I got is this musical thing going on. So Does Kevin still love Fangs? Because I don't think he should. I don't know what this is about anymore for him. Right. <laughs> and again, this is one of those episodes where suddenly it's like, <laughs> I mean, Percival's like my guy, but that doesn't define me as opposed to maybe any other episode where he goes, Percival, ride or die. It's very confusing. Like, is he under mind control or is he just an idiot? I'm going to say no. I think that this is all Kevin's making. <laughs> Kevin's an absolute dumb. Yeah, I'm going to say Frank is 100% under Percival's control, but Kevin makes his own choices. We used to think Kevin was smarter than Archie and then something shifted <laughs> over time. Oh, yes. Kevin's the, Kevin's the Brita of River. I'm prepared to say it. <laughs> How dare you say that about Britta? <laughs> Poor Kevin. Ugh, just a, a little pile of hair. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe him. So they cast the uh, opposite of a love spell, which is called a wedge spell. And part of the wedge spell is that you put an actual door wedge on the table when you're doing it. Man, <laughs> magic is easy. Something will become... The wedge. wedge point that will drive them apart. 
And Kevin's like, oh, should we get specific about it? And she's like, nah, who cares? Why? Why do that? So they uh, cast a spell. It's like super easy. They just chant one thing together and then it's done. I didn't really write down what it was they said though. So like, is Kevin magic? Because like, why did Cheryl need him for this? Apparently anyone can do magic. Okay. But that doesn't seem to be true. That's good to know. Right, right. Okay. Cool. And Kevin's like, yeah, well, I mean, I guess I believe in the magic. Does he, does he know about the superpowers? Like, oh, I doubt someone's told him. (laughs) So does Tony have superpowers? Tony does not have superpowers. Face doesn't. Face does not have superpowers. Except except that he smells like cucumber melon. Well, obviously. But so is that separating the, the like real cast, not the real cast, the main cast from the sub main cast? <laughs> oh, you're saying whoever's a guest actor doesn't right. have powers? Or not a guest actor. Kevin's, but... like, I think they're all series regulars. Yeah, but like, I think that's like the thing. It's like, yeah, you're the main cast, or like only like on paper, you know? I mean, is it too late now in the season to introduce more superpowers? I don't, I, I don't need another one. <laughs> like, if they have a bad one, Tony can suddenly, like, throw fireballs out of her hands, and they're just like, you can throw fireballs out of your hands? <laughs> she can be like, yeah, I've been able to do that for weeks. And just she didn't tell anyone? <laughs> I think that would be a fun way to do that. Oh, no, was there not time to check in on Tony? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my custody battle is going on, and uh, it's distracted from a lot. Yeah, well the, well, the question is, will baby Anthony have superpowers? He's, uh, who's, is there a baby? He's the best boy in Riverdale. Oh, he's like Jack-Jack from The Incredibles. Right, right. Who has oh all the powers. I'm going to Disneyland tomorrow, and I'm not excited to ride the Incredicoaster, but I do like it because they do spray cookie smells at you. You're doing California Adventure? I think we're doing both. Yeah, The Incredicoaster's fine. I don't like roller coasters. I preferred it in its previous uh, inca- in- incarnation. Well, I mean, all they added was like... Jack-Jack cookie Some like smells. colorful, like, like 3D like statue guys that light up around you as you go through it which is fine but it was already like it's the same roller coaster which i already liked and the additions don't make the coaster better they kind of cover it up in places where i'd rather just be like looking around california adventure that is fair but i do really like it when they spray the cookie smell check out uh check out avengers campus while you're there you might like the spider-man ride you'll probably like their tower of terror uh revamp more than the old tower of terror wait they that's some, oh, Guardians right, of the Galaxy ride is what like, do do? instead, uh, it's like you're breaking into the collector's, like, like lair museum thing oh, to uh, rescue the team. Like, ro- a, a puppet rocket is like, hey, here's oh. the plan. And then, you know, you play 80s music and you bounce up and down and it's like fun stuff. I've done that. scary stuff. I've done that. I much prefer the Twilight Zone ride because I'm a Twilight Zone stan. Okay. However, it is good. Like, it's not that I don't like that ride. It's mm-hmm. just, like, I miss Rod Serling and the episode of The Twilight Zone. I didn't Zone. know that about you. You didn't know that about no. me? No. I talk about it kind of a lot. No, you don't. Guys, podcast listeners. Yeah, I did the play where Dan played Rod Serling in the play that I did. Oh, I, for- that blank- I blanked that That's out completely. That's totally fine. I, honestly, I thought I talked about it too much. No, you, you wow. rarely talk about liking classic 60s science fiction of any kind. Well, I just specifically like the Twilight oh, Zone. Oh, just the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's not that I don't like other things, but that's the one I've been most exposed to. Huge fan of the Twilight Zone. Wow. Huge fan. That's why I'm pretty pissed at the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. But I do enjoy it. It is a good ride. It's still a good ride. It's just not... We still have yeah. the original in florida i think yes we do and if they get rid of it i'll be pissed yeah yeah the thing about the fun thing about theme parks like disney is that after a while when their original rides weren't really based on any franchise stuff 
you just started to get a whole separate fan base of just the rides. Oh, like yeah. amusement park fan bases are just like a thing online now. So then when you replace a ride with a new one, that's like a whole thing of it's like, a big thing. no, that's a classic. You can't get rid of that ride. I agree. I think that there are certain things where it's like, it's fun that it just exists in a ride format. Right. Well, this is why I'm like, I don't get the, the idea of like Six Flags has a VR coaster. Why would what, I want that? What does that mean? You like wear VR goggles and oh. then like there is a roller coaster, but then you're seeing extra stuff in virtual reality, which is not uh, better than a cool roller coaster. So you're actually like, on a roller coaster. Though. You're, the coaster is real. You are moving, but you're not looking at the environment around. You're looking at a virtual environment, which is, I think, worse. I'm going to be honest. That would make me throw up so quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Even th- those rides at Six Flags already make me super sick. Why would I want Yeah, and those add... prices too. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I will say Six Flags is probably the most affordable amusement park because you can go for like a whole year for like $60. Oh yeah. Did you hear about the guy who like got their year annual pass that oh, came with like yes. food meals and like fed himself and got out of debt? Yes, <laughs> exactly. there at every meal? Because apparently they did like a three day, three uh, meal a day thing. <laughs> and free, he got free parking so he would just go. Yeah, he worked in Santa Clarita right around there. It worked I thought out. about it. I was right there. You thought about doing that? Yeah, for... I mean, it was it could have been possible. Yeah, I would not do no, that. No, absolutely not. And they already fed me at work. Right, yeah, I think you probably... I don't think that guy was healthier after that experience. <laughs> so Cheryl drops by Tony and Fags. Guess what the wedge is? Oh, it's poor baby Anthony. It's baby Anthony. Getting oh no, we got colic, which prompts a Rivervale flash. We don't know at this point if the characters are aware of these. Did you see that um, person? Someone, I think someone asked us yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like sometimes they'll like blink and be like, "What was that?" But, yeah, but is it like always. just like a deja vu thing, or or yeah, or is it just yeah. for us, the audience? Were they like, "Whoa, we were too subtle with this before." <laughs> right, right now, gotta really let you know what's coming back somehow. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Rivervale is definitely coming back, but very unclear. sure in some in some form. I think we're in it now. And all I don't the, think we're... I, I think Jughead's in it now. Yeah, uh, interesting. Hmm. I wonder if he'll die. I wonder if he'll, like, visit Rivervale. Maybe. I think he's dying. I don't think Cole's coming back. That's my thought. For our next season. How many times have we said that? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> this is the one. This Maybe is, this time it'll stick. It'll stick. <laughs> I think he likes almost dying to fuck yeah, with the audience. Yeah. <laughs> baby Anthony has colic. It's baby. Baby. Sorry. Baby yeah. has colic. When did this start? Tony's like, I don't know, like moments after your curse. <laughs> <laughs> so Cheryl and Kevin realize they cursed a baby. Whoops. Oops. Can they call somebody? I, my brain immediately went, went, yeah, Sabrina. Oh, wait, no, they already know it's just Heather. Right, right. It's, it's, it's weird that I still want Sabrina more I than I think Heather. she's coming back. Right. So in what form will she be coming? Will Heather be, be something bad that Sabrina has to fight by the end of the season? It would be kind of cool if Heather and Percival were like secretly like husband and wife or right, something weird right. like that. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know how it would work, but it would be just like um. Oh, Edgar Evernever yeah, and, and his, his, and his daughter child wife. wife. Yeah, that was really weird. He had a lot of wives. Yeah, that was weird. Eh, she's in, she was sixteen. Uh, Evelyn, Evelyn, Ed, Ed Ever Never. Edgar and Evelyn, yes. So Heather chastises Cheryl. After she concocts something in the greenhouse to cure the the baby, 
Uh, she asks to Cheryl for casting a spell in such an emotional state. Is that a thing in, in Sabrina? Like, that girl's emotional with every spell she casts. That's kind of the plot of the show. I don't think it's ever worked out, though, for mm. her. So. Yeah, yeah. then she got ca- canceled. Yeah. See? Because she was too emotional. Because <laughs> of what woman. she said on Twitter. Oh. Oh, no. Wait, did she get canceled? <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, Sabrina the character? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, famously. That's famously canon. Cheryl, Cheryl just uh, admits that she always thought she'd get back together with Tony. Sure. Like, Caitlin willed it into existence. Now it's all I want in my life. It is kind of weird that I've done this like five times. <laughs> right? Like, like it's, it's kind of a lot of times. Yeah, you didn't get it on screen. Except well, in that thing where they're talking about what they would have done with season three. I did get it, actually. You did get it, yeah. So, <laughs> purely vibes. I just work <laughs> off of vibes. I don't really know why. But the problem is also Heather. Cheryl's in Heather, but she can't be hurt again. And I'm literally like, she's living in your house. You're good. She likes you. Yeah. What are you worried about? This She has accepted everything about you. Except we haven't seen your grandmother in a while. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> she's still in that room. Yeah. Is she in the room with all the hay? The hay room? Yeah. Is she? Is Abigail coming back? Uh. Wow, I forgot about her. Totally forgot about her. Yikes. How many episodes left in the season? I think a maximum five, but maybe less. Tony's bachelorette party features Betty, Veronica, Tabitha, Cheryl, and two girls she doesn't know. <laughs> the absinthe is flowing. They have Katie Keene outfits, but no, Katie couldn't come. <laughs> right. Katie, Katie we don't, wasn't uh, there. Uh, no. Oh, Katie, no. The New York ticket <laughs> expenses there. We don't have a train that Sorry. comes to town. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> We will eventually, though. <laughs> Can I take the ghost train? Oh, uh, I wish. <laughs> the girls the girls sing their song and look, yeah, they look really nice. Yeah, this song is stupid. The song about looking really nice in fancy dresses. The song is like, I have expensive clothes. <laughs> and they're, it, it's just such, I'm like, this can't be. It's funny that it's, uh, it's Tony's bachelorette party, but then, like, the blocking is, like, Cheryl in front leading the song. Right. And they, when they walk into SlaughterCon, Veronica's the front and like ends on her and it's all about her. And like you know you wanna you just wanna look really good when you go to SlaughterCon. It's always a good idea to turn heads at SlaughterCon. It's also like super weird, like like it's it's clearly still the SlaughterCon. It's SlaughterCon, but it's like club vibes then. Right. I wouldn't want to party with any of it's these. It's just people. no convention is like this. <laughs> Would I go to this convention? Possibly. Would I want to hang out or converse with any of the other weirdos at the convention? No. I don't want to like meet anyone who's this everyone, their hobby. Everyone who showed up that night in like cosplay is probably really pissed. Like, wait, what? It's fancy dress up night? Right, exactly. And why I came dressed as my favorite serial killer. <laughs> it's also weird, I think. It's weird, I think, for people to have a favorite serial killer. It's one thing to be like interested in crime and even still, there's a lot of problematic aspects to like true crime, as much as I do enjoy, you know, indulging. But weird to have a favorite serial killer. Nobody should be like idolizing a serial killer enough to go and like dress up as one. <laughs> Again, don't you don't want to hang out with these people? Oh, absolutely. Not. Even if I was one of them. Well, no, you you wouldn't want to go as a fan of a serial killer to SlaughterCon. You'd want to go as the serial killer. Right. Well, that's yeah, you more. want to be on the panel. <laughs> on a panel sure <laughs> after this after they party heather just loved it heather's like oh you guys really know how to party here in riverdale mostly strangers going to a serial killer <laughs> convention i love it it would be such a weird thing to get invited to 
Like, do you want to come to my ex-girlfriend's bachelor party that ends at... My, my fashion designer friend from New York sent us a bunch of dresses, but she didn't come herself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I really hope Katie Keene is thriving in the alternate universe where she's thriving. In New Vork. New Vork. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do hope that that's the Riverdale If in Rivervale, every town has a V where there was a previously a different letter. Vu York is definitely worse, so... That's hard to say. Cheryl invites Heather in to look at a creepy painting of them as children. Love that. Heather says, oh, that's great. Yeah, let's hook up. I love that. I love I love it. She always paints photos. She always paints pictures of people that she's going to hook up with. That's her move? Yeah, it's a weird <laughs> so thing. Every time she gets someone in their sight, she's like, well, I better make a painting of that. <laughs> or it's that like, painting. Oh, you want to come see this painting? It's in my bedroom. Come on, over no. here. <laughs> my bedroom is actually this entire floor somehow. Never really talk about that, but. <laughs> Which leaves us with. Uh, four other plots. Well, let's see. What's the next plot? We got SlaughterCon, Ghost Train isn't done by Bailey's Comet, How's Jughead doing, and Hyperstophilia. Uh, let's let's do the Ghost Train. Okay. If this Ghost Train isn't done by Bailey's Comet, so help me God. Percival needs the railroad built by the time Bailey's Comet flies by. Why? Uh, it... It comes every 65 years and possesses unique celestial energies that will benefit Percival in his plans. Cool. So it's not just a ghost train. Right. He needs a ghost train in conjunction with Sozin's comet, sorry, Bailey's comet flying overhead. Uh-huh. From, uh, do you, you never watched Avatar The Last Airbender. I know, I'm sorry, I did but, not. But, like, in that show, there were celestial events would cause powers to fluctuate. Makes if sense. you were one of the fire guys... A solar eclipse would cut off your power entirely. Same with, uh, like, the moon, a full moon makes the water guys more powerful. Okay. And there's, like, a comet that flies by that makes the fire guys the most powerful at the end of the series. Like, that's when they have their big final fight. And Percival's the same, I guess. This comet will empower his ghost train to give him dominion over life. It just seems like there, there are so many more steps. Every time you talk to this guy, first he's like, I want to be mayor. He keeps mayor. moving the goalposts yeah. of what he's after. Yeah, he's like, first he wants to be I mayor. just want to live in this town. Okay, no, I want to be on the board. Nah, mayor of the town. Okay, ghost train taking over the world. World War Three. Get me that comment. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and also they're kind of mixing uh, mixing and matching like philosophies here because it's like there's ghosts At and At first religion. we thought this guy was like a metaphor for capitalism. Yeah. And then it was like racism. It's like, oh no, he's like a celestial mind reader demon guy. Yeah, it's kind of like vaguely astrological. I hope he's not human at the end of this where it's like, like at a certain point he'll have like a demon face or something. Yeah, he'll rip off his face and you'll see... I don't know. Somebody spooky. Old man Jenkins. Oh, man. <laughs> you meddling kids and your stupid dog, too. Not you, Stella. No, sorry. Super dog. Oh, wow. Oh, because... Because uh, he can regrow his legs. What was <laughs> he can heal his legs. Bingo. Bingo can heal his legs. Stella is shaking in approval of Bingo regrowing right. his legs. <laughs> Stella also has the power to, re- to, to fix her legs. Exactly. Good for you. Frank asks Percival why he doesn't just mind control the strikers. Percival's like, great idea, Frank. Why don't I just go do that? <laughs> and then he does. And then he does, yeah. <laughs> Archie's got union support and a fund to help the picketers. And uh, Tabitha, Tabitha offers them all Pops food for free, which is pretty chill of her. Yeah. Because uh, that's totally huge profit margin she's losing. Is she, it's a cheap franchise? Because if not, what are you doing, Tabitha? Mm. You had all that opportunity. Mm-hmm. 
I I do love that Tabitha and per, and and Archie have just like low key become best friends. They're so cute. Town. I love, love Tabitha. And, and if this is the episode that's really like putting a magnifying glass on like whether Betty and Archie should share the same storylines. I see what you're saying about him and Tabitha just being like a match that makes sense. It makes so much sense. I think that they should do that. But Jughead and Tabitha worked really well when they were spending time together. It's just that they're not doing the same stuff anymore. I'm gonna say something kind of controversial. Okay. I think Cole Sprouse is a good actor. Mm-hmm. And I think that he has chemistry with a lot of people. Yeah. And so I think that might have been the Tabitha thing. Because mm-hmm. I think she's also a good actor. But I also always felt so frustrated that she was with Jughead. Because I'm like, Tabitha, you deserve so much better. Right. You know? Like, Jughead's never going to be the guy. Never going to be the one. <laughs> You'll have fun with him. Everyone has fun with him. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, he's kind of miserable, so it's shocking. But yeah. People who are miserable gravitate to him at times when they're upset. I think but once they, once everything kind of starts working out for them, that's when that's when the problems start. I think that's kind of why I think Betty and Jughead are a good match. Like I feel like they're <laughs> it's always bad in Betty's it's world. It's only bad there. It's only bad. All right. So Percival does walk into Pops Royale and tells the Strikers to go back to work. Pops Royale. I just noticed that. <clears throat> First Fangs, then Carlos and the rest. It's like one big push. It is kind of the Purple Man from Jessica Jones. In yeah. That it seems to strain him. And he gets a nosebleed afterwards. So it's not that he's been controlling people all the time. I guess he's just been like massaging people's morals more yeah. when it comes to people like Frank and Alice and massaging Kevin. Massaging people's morals. That sounds dirty. Mm. Yeah, it still do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's weirder. Weirder with the hand motions. <clears throat> so Tabitha, Archie, and Tony meet. They theorize that Percival struggles to control multiple people at once. And if they can get a Luke Perry for each person on the crew, they can free them. Just handing out Luke Perry photos. Right, they gotta get here's look look at this headshot of Luke Perry. <laughs> the it's 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 a good thing all of these guys have families. Because yeah. if any single one of them was like, Yeah, I'm actually kinda lonely. I have nothing to live for, <laughs> so this isn't gonna work. And they're like, Maybe we should use music too, because it's a musical episode. Mm. Archie, you still have a guitar. And he's like, You're right, I wait, no, didn't he break it at one point? I don't know, he has a yeah. guitar yet. They play a union song? Yeah, I, I, it's a kind of like a blah acoustic number. It's, it's, kind of, it's not a great rendition of that song. We are singing our song. <laughs> I forget what that song is called, but it's like the Bread and Roses song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Archie, Tony, Tabitha, and the crew's loved ones come to the work site. And Archie leads them in song. First Fangs is freed, and Frank's like, whoa, hey. If you walk off this, you're fired. Like that was the point. Right, exactly. That's why <laughs> no, I'm walking no. off. <laughs> They're getting what they want. <laughs> then Carlos, then everyone else. Uh, not Frank though, because nobody loves him. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> That's so sad. Archie's like standing right there singing and be like, I'm not even trying to convince you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather you not. Yeah, you can stay out of my house. <laughs> <clears throat> so Frank asks Percival who wants to do some old school union busting. Which is kind of fucked up, considering Frank's past. Yeah, it is. Uh, and Percival says, no, older school, the price they pay must be truly biblical. Jesus Christ, Percival. That's the guy. Yeah, biblical, right. Yeah, like it's like Jesus. Yeah. Right. right. I'm worried. I'm worried we're talking uh, plagues now. Oh, I don't want that. Right, we already did that we in did the world. We did that, and I don't want it, I don't want it to happen again. <laughs> no. Oh, no, locusts. Uh, I also don't like bugs. I, I'm, you know, maybe maybe it'll make you unhappy for a little bit. Mm, oh no, no. Where would you like to go next? 
Let's just check in on Jughead. What's he doing? Oh, okay. Uh, how's Jughead doing? He's still in the bunker. He'll be fine. Okay. All right, where do you want to go next? <laughs> What's the next one? Are we at SlaughterCon yet? Uh, we got SlaughterCon and Hyperstophilia, which is kind of part of SlaughterCon. Hyperstophilia, please. Okay, great. Thank great. you. Hyperstophilia. What is hyperstophilia? It's basically why you're attracted to Agent Drake. Okay, cool. Good <laughs> That's, to know. She does, she does her symposium on it at SlaughterCon. I, a hot. Yeah, like, <laughs> me, attractive. <laughs> Star power. It, I have it. Archie's in the audience going, I don't know, I think it's weird. She's not that hot, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> this is very funny to me. Archie, like, I cannot, I love Archie now. Like, we really turned the corner for me on Archie. Right. Like, like no magnetism though. Like I've never been attracted to Archie. Interesting. You want ever. to rely on Archie? You think he's a dependable person? Yeah, like person. he's a, he's my friend. Archie. Right. You know, he's my but buddy. He's also like he's so good that you're like, yeah, the six pack doesn't really mean anything. No, <laughs> no, it really. You're doesn't. not dangerous. <laughs> no, there's nothing. He's so sweet and such a good boy, but I've never ever been like, man. Archie, what a good guy to date. And I think that's really clouded my judgment, not being attracted to Archie. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Drake asks Betty afterwards where the boyfriend is. She refuses to learn his name. That's okay. I don't like this guy. I don't want him out of Betty's life so I can be with her. <laughs> yeah, she's just bold and I love her. Uh, she asks if Archie was weirded out. And uh, then she tells Betty that she's attracted to her. I just want to say... It's so nice to be right about something on this show. <laughs> and consistently, never wrong. Never wrong about this. I saw, I saw from the moment she arrived. <laughs> oh, this girl is introducing pyrokinesism. She's going to date Betty by the end of the season. 100%. All right, good luck to you. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Don't worry, she'll be back. <clears throat> Betty laughs. She's flattered. She's not just flattered. But she says her thing with Archie is exclusive. Sure. Okay, that's fine. I don't think she's actually talked to Archie about that, but all right. I thought they had a conversation like last two episodes ago. About being exclusive. Yeah. And I was like, but wasn't this already a thing? No. I'm very yeah, confused. I don't know. Betty's, Betty's really like, I don't, I don't want to talk to Archie about this stuff. I just want to hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> Drake thinks Archie is too different. And besides, Betty has been giving off vibes. She has been. <laughs> I'm like, am I wrong? And Betty just vibes at her. Yeah. <laughs> no. But... <laughs> what? <laughs> Me? You look so pretty in that Touch her. <laughs> Drake wakes Betty with coffee and sex appeal. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Betty wakes up alone in her boyfriend's bed. Do you often have sex dreams where you... Have not it's had about sex. being woken up the next morning by a lovely right. person. Right, exactly. That is my question. I was like, we couldn't have seen a single other frame of that. Okay, cool. Betty tells Archie that he doesn't have to come to SlaughterCon. He's like, sick. I got job stuff to do. I, I would never. I, would. I gotta go sing an acoustic song and free some people from mind control. Not, I'm not saying my thing's more important than yours. But, but. you know, it's fine. So uh, Betty tells Veronica about Drake. And uh, Betty says it's made her start to think about how much she compartmentalizes with Archie. That's what I said. Betty, these are choices you make. Yeah, she did make those choices. Right. Yeah. She's not like, oh, Archie's wrong for me because this is what he's like. No, you just don't want to do it with Archie. Yeah. You don't no. want to let him in. You have no interest in it because you think you're going to ruin Archie or get him hurt. He's forged for Betty. <laughs> he's What are you talking Betty. about? <laughs> He can't be hurt now. What are you talking about, Betty? So, 
Also, I just, I do want to point out, because Veronica says something here, you know, well, I've killed a bunch of people, blah, blah, blah. Archie, too, is none of the people in Riverdale, Benny treats her darkness as though it's the only darkness in Riverdale. <laughs> right. Everything I'm the worst dark. thing that's happened to Riverdale. What? <laughs> yeah, like, no, like, uh, Cheryl's been... Cheryl's mother start and, and half-brother, your half-brother, sorry, guy. the guy who lied Cousin. about you being your brother started an evil board game? <laughs> right, right. And then also there Veronica's was... dad... <laughs> Yeah, and Archie started that fascist cult thing for a while. And even Kevin was in a cult sacrificing organs. Yeah, Betty isn't really looking beyond herself. No. Um, Archie tried to kill Hiram, didn't he? Did he try? How hard did he try? There had to have been a time. I mean, they fought. They fist fought. There was definitely... Didn't he kill somebody? Archie, he was accused of killing that guy in the woods. But he did not. Do I don't that. think he's ever. I don't know about war, but I don't think we've seen him kill a man. Yeah, to be fair, he did go to war. Yeah, also, he went that's to. Not easy. He he was an army. He was an army. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm just thinking of the Lucille moment. <laughs> These are my awards, mother from army. <laughs> so good. It's such a good show. Veronica reminds Betty that most of her relationships with Archie ended because of miscommunication. And she looks a little wistful. You it's think honestly that? interesting how hard she's working to keep Betty and Archie together in this one. I still think it's fucked up that Betty's dating Archie after Veronica dated him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone else seems to have moved on from that. I know, and I get that they're mature, but I don't have to be. <laughs> so. Well, Veronica tells Drake that what she did was not cool. And then Veronica walks away like, nice, solved it. Why was it not cool? Who's honest about her feelings? Uh, Betty's, Betty's kind of stressed out right now with the serial killer coming for her. I, I don't know. I, I like when hot people tell me that I'm hot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sue me. <laughs> Sue me, Betty. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, it's a flattering thing. <laughs> Betty, Betty didn't have a problem with it until everyone made her feel bad about it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. We got Slaughter Con. Amazing. Team meeting. Murder fans are stoked for SlaughterCon. A murder convention in Riverdale where people get murdered. Right. Because it's either an innocent town that has a dark underbelly or it is the darkest place you'll ever go. Curse beyond belief. You're never going to... Yeah. It depends on uh, what news you pay attention to. (laughs) Right. Exactly. If you're like a drinker, you're like, yeah, this is that rum guy from there. (laughs) Right. Exactly. If you're a serial killer fan, you're like, yeah, Riverdale. Hiram Lodge, the rum maker. The only thing I know about him. TBK should be narcissistic enough to show up. But he wouldn't, he's unlikely to be killing the fans either because apparently serial killers love their fans. Sure. So he's just going to be coming for Betty. I want to point out that that feels like a terrible rule to be like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. Yeah, we can depend on this. Right, exactly. The event schedule. We got Creepy Dr. Jr. Simulated Autopsy, Agent Drake Symposium on Hyperstrophilia. Panels on the Black Hood, the Stark Weathers. And oh, a yeah. uh, Griffins and Gargoyles tournament? Because <laughs> now we're okay. Now we're mature enough to play it. What is this game? D&D doesn't have tournaments. Maybe. It, it doesn't sound like a safe thing, given the history of the town, but I guess they're going to go for it. And a one-on-one sit-down with the girl in the well, who's it's, Betty. That's Betty's name? Yeah, that's, that's, what, she, that's what she's known as. I guess, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, what if magic people were like, Betty, wow, she's the she-wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> right. Veronica would lose her shit. <laughs> oh, no, she's God. the girl in the well. I gave her that name. The girl in the well of Wall Street is just uh, quite a name. What about musical entertainment? Because you know you know, much murder fans love That's the first question that I had. Music performed live, preferably show tunes. They need it. 
They want it. They, they crave want it. it. Yep. Don't worry. Kevin will be performing songs from an American Psycho musical done 80s club glam fab. They really had to give him something to do. Kevin's in this episode. Yeah. Kevin continues to be on the show. Yeah, yeah, they really... Do you think Do you think Casey, like, stops by the writer's room and he's like, hey, I just wanted to, like, talk about my arc this season. They're like, yeah, you're the worst this season. Yeah, guys. cool. Great. Okay. Love just it. like last season. Just like last season. <laughs> I do think, though, that he really could be Patrick Bateman on Broadway. That's the thing. There was the one song he does that I liked where he's like murdering people during yeah. it. And I'm like, oh, this is what Caitlin's been talking about the whole show. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> so true. He really, but he really, Casey Cott would be a really good person to cast in this musical. Right, because he looks very clean cut, mm-hmm. but has the potential for Serial murder. Killer. Exactly. Yeah. I love Archie, Betty, and Drake scanning the audience for murders during Kevin's first song. It's great. It's fun that, you know, not a single aura is in this episode. Not a single what? Not a single aura. You know, Betty's power doesn't come into play one bit the whole oh, episode. Yeah. Not, not a one time does she use it. Kind of thought, kind of completely forgot she about that. She sees multiple black hoods at once and she's never like, hmm, I hope my power can show me something. But she no. never useless. sees the aura. Absolutely useless. Wait, does she see the aura on TBK at the end? Uh, nope. Okay. Maybe this isn't a power. Maybe this was just like a headache inducing. I think, I think you might have just had a concussion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe this was just like a, an eye issue. Imagine Agent Drake comes back and be like, okay, so uh, it's actually a blow to the head. Right, right. That's <laughs> it's head it trauma, not superpowers. Betty finds a black hood and they take him away. He's a, he's a fan with her dad's real knife that he wants her to sign for him. The f- I, this guy's this guy's fun. I like this guy. He's yeah, weird. He's, he's good, creepy. But he's, he's a good like, actor. You're my hero. You're almost one of them. I'd be honored to be your first official kill. That's sweet. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It's good to have a fan. It's nice to have a fan. Get out of here, scamp. <laughs> <laughs> well, they basically say it to him. They're like, you're lucky we're not arresting you. Mm. And I'm like, arrest him? For what? what? <laughs> well, no, in the second, in the next scene, he has a gun and they're like... Oh, yeah. Oh. Later, he's done a bad thing. And I'm like, uh, maybe... Maybe you could arrest him. Right. He right. has a gun that yeah. he shouldn't have. And he was in the audience. Just saying. Betty tells the SlaughterCon audience how she chopped up a body for TBK to escape. Any questions? Yeah, why do serial killers wear masks? <laughs> it's not really about my experience, <laughs> but... Also, kind of feels fucking obvious. I guess I've read some shit on this. Sure, to disassociate and eliminate shame to save money by casting a stunt actor instead of a real actor coming back every time. Anyway, we've got a caller. <laughs> now I want to I want to do my do my <clears throat> TBK. Do it. Tell us pretty Betty, why do you wear a mask? <laughs> Don't lie. You're wearing a mask right now. A human mask, but I've seen what's inside. Your true face when you cut up that body and it was trash. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good, but I hated it so much. I really hated that. I really, really did. Betty invites him to come on stage. And he, he says, trash doesn't belong on stage. <laughs> <laughs> if she did catch him, he asks, then what? Would she retire to a nice suburban life with Archie? Hmm? And she's like, maybe I would. Maybe, maybe put the trash out on Thursdays. <laughs> Recycling on Tuesdays. <laughs> it's so upsetting, John. It's such an upsetting voice. Maybe. No. Uh, he says that it's going to end with her and him in the dark. Or maybe in your garage over a nice <laughs> filet mignon. 
Yeah, he did set up like a whole he thing. Cooked. I wish Alice was like, yeah, he killed the FBI agent, gagged us, bound us here, and then cooked an entire meal in the kitchen. He used up all of the oil. Yeah, yeah, definitely seemed like an oil-heavy meal. Kevin gets as close as we might ever see to being a killer during his big showstopper song. I'm holding out hope. There's uh, a season seven. Betty sees TBK in the crowd. Then she loses him, sees him on stage, clearly a different person wearing a different <laughs> outfit and put, putting a bag over Kevin. She tackles, she tackles TBK. Then Kevin turns around going, Betty, what are you doing? This is part of my act. And it's creepy Dr. Jr. Like you didn't, I don't know, put on this event yourself and maybe right. rehearse these things. Also, you could have assumed that that would have been a problem given the circumstances. Right. Kevin didn't want to, I don't know, run this by her. Right. Did exactly. no one tell Kevin, hey, the plans were trying to snip out TBK? So maybe don't do it. He anything. was like, okay, cool. So, like, I have this one thing I have to do for the song where <laughs> T- TBK comes and kills me. Right. So, how do we feel about that? <laughs> it's not all right. Also, it doesn't really make sense for the song considering he's Patrick Bateman and Patrick Bateman wouldn't be killed by a serial killer because he's the serial killer. But anyway. I'm a purist. I don't know. Kevin Kevin has a lot of women on him and then gets gets one really hot guy up top too and then murders them on, on stage. Bummer. Which is, which is fun. Yeah. Betty tells Archie she's taking over Kevin's final performance. Of course. She's going to be bait. He'll be drawn to her and they'll lock all the doors. Foolproof plan. Mm. Archie can't talk her out of it. This is who Betty is. And then she gets real with him. She's like, you need to be okay with that, or or not. You know, I don't know if I want a life and marriage and more with you, and I know you do. And Archie's like, hell yeah, can't wait. <laughs> uh, he's like, well, well, what if, what if, um, what if we had a conversation? That would be cool, right? Healthy. If we like actually talked about these things. So why don't you come to Pops later and talk to me about this? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll probably go home first. Sure. <laughs> nothing, and then nothing traumatic will happen. Yeah, great. So uh, she does not want to talk to Archie. <laughs> She's fully making up her mind on her own, which is fine. Uh, he deserves better than you now. That's when I. That's where I'm at. That's where you're point. at. Yeah. Not that she, I think he deserves better, but they both deserve well, different. He needs to get out of the cycle of both Betty and Veronica. Is where I'm at. Yeah. Now. Where's Val? Oh, Val has that other guy. Yeah, Val's busy. <laughs> Can you imagine Archie's like, I'm gonna go track down the pussy cats. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. There's at least two pussy cats who might be interested in me. Oh. <laughs> Veronica reminds Betty she's literally killed more people than her. Yeah. So let Archie make his own choices. Cute. True. Uh, fanboy comes back with an, with more uh, Black Hood shit. Will you please sign his gun, your dad's actual gun? And she's like, no, but that is my property. I'm taking this. <laughs> no, and this is mine. But you can leave. And then we immediately cut after her performance and Caitlin and I go, wait, what? <laughs> Are they not going to show it? It was great, though. TBK never showed... The girls comfort her. The song was so good. And he was a foolish serial killer to miss it. Exactly. It was like he got, he goes You deserve better than this serial killer to hunt. Drake asks who she was singing about, Archie or TBK? And I listened to the lyrics and I was like, I think this is... Is about anything? It's like Louis Savigny's character in American Psycho in the movie is like Patrick Bateman's like secretary who's like in love with him Mm -hmm. and is definitely in the movie is kind of funny because she is clearly in like a very different movie than what Patrick Bateman is in. Like she's like, this is a rom-com. I'm in love with my boss. I can change him. And he's like murdering people and and shit. So it's kind of funny because clearly that's... I think that's the character. Right. But this is taken much more seriously. Yeah. Okay, so it's a ballad. It's a ballad. And it starts with flashbacks of her relationship with Archie. 
we don't have as much to pull from as her relationship with Jughead. I know. But there, there was the one moment that's like teen them on the bed that I was like, whoa! Like it, it, it it's striking how the way they used to dress Betty with like the overalls, and the oh, long yeah. sleeves all the time, and the pulled back hair is like, yeah, looks way younger. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Betty goes home, texts Archie. You know he's at Pops. Then she sees across the way. I love when they remember that the rooms are across the way like that. Yeah, me too. TBK in her old bedroom. Beep. She gets her gun. She runs over. FBI agent dead. She goes upstairs. <laughs> I imagine Alice and Charles over in the next room be like, no, come over. Oh my God. Uh, he's not in her room. She comes back downstairs and finds Alice and Charles. And Alice says he's waiting in the garage. He cooked. He cooked. <laughs> TBK calls it a date. That is fucking weird because clearly if this guy is a kid, he is significantly older than her. Right. We actually know. We know how old is he. We know he's like old. He's like 40s or something. Yeah. Yes. Gross. Yeah. yeah, it's creepy. He offers her her own trash mask. Mm. Come on, take out the trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're one of us. You're garbage. <laughs> Betty says people have been telling her what she is her whole life. Garbage trash. He says, yeah. <laughs> She, he says she's either going to kill him, take him out like the trash he is, or help Ooh. him kill her family like the trash they are. <laughs> <laughs> says, put on the mask, and she says, I'm nothing like you, and shoots him. Yeah. My favorite thing about TBK is that he wears trash bags, and he puts people in trash bags. He knows that he's a bad baby. Yeah, it's just consistent. <laughs> Everything's trash. Consistent marketing. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm upset he's dying now when I've landed on the, on the funny take on <laughs> I him. I know, Exactly. But there, if, there could be another one. But yeah, based on uh, what, I mean, I think we might actually be on the same page heading in the rumor mill on this one. He's we'll dead. Talk, we'll talk in a bit. Oh, he's dead. He's yeah. definitely dead. Uh, Betty returns to Alice and Charles. He's dead. He's bleeding out in the garage. We have a nice long shot of that body not moving. Mm. Uh, if it were like Michael Myers, I'd still be like, this guy's going to get back up again. Same. I, I, I think they are done with this ver- part of this story. Though, honestly, if I was Betty, I would have shot him a couple more times. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, you want to get the... I mean, if she's watched any Scream, you got yeah. the double tap. They always get back up. Exactly. Betty tells Archie that she used the gun that shot Fred to kill TBK. Remember that? Fun, fun way to angle it. Yeah. She fears she is what her father was, and she might not be able to resist forever, and he, Archie, might become her victim. Girl, he's forged. What are you worried about? <laughs> he's going to be fine. She's scared he'll leave her because of who she's always been. Ugh, sad. And then Archie just immense. She's like, eh, it's not going to happen, though, because I trust you with my life. And he's also like, you saved a bird you, once. Remember that time I was almost buried to death alive and you saved me? Come on. But he doesn't mention that. He nobody, mentions the nobody bird. Nobody made you a killer. Remember we saved a baby bird one time, so you're good. <laughs> You're good. Dexter you're good. Morgan wouldn't have saved that baby bird. <laughs> he calls her a fighter, and the fact that she is worried about these things proves what's in her heart. He asks, "Does she believe him?" And she's like, ah, "I think so." Sure. Nope. <laughs> I don't think you're getting through, bud. Oh. <laughs> and that's that's SlaughterCon. That was fun. Yeah. Super fun. Wait, is that the last plotline? That's the last plotline. Damn. We've got it fast this time. Yes. Who's our citizen of the week? Drake for saying her feelings. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I don't feel like I got a good citizen of the week this week. Uh, mm. <laughs> Heather for cleaning up Cheryl and Kevin's meth and, yeah. mess and saving a baby. Saving a baby. I, Heather gets, yeah, Heather wins. Tony, Tony and Fangs are just getting jerked around this whole time. Yeah. Do they know? Do they know what's going on? They have to, right? Like, I think I'd be pissed at Cheryl if I knew about this, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd be pretty mad. I'd be mad. Yeah, Tony would be like, really? After I just tried to reach out and yeah, make an exactly. olive branch and curse me again. <laughs> what was the, what's the other thing we got? Oh, what jumped the shark for you this week? Oh man, what didn't? Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. This is actually a very, this was a good I think, episode. I think, if anything, it's more of a sad shark jumping up. Yeah, this is probably undeniably the weakest musical, yeah. I say with quotes, with air quotes, episode that they've done on the show. Because it's just, it, uh, in the past, they always felt like they needed to have some kind of diegetic reason for the songs to be sung, yes. which I feel is not entirely necessary. And the first musical episode they did didn't actually all take place on stage. Right. They were just kind of singing in their life. Which I prefer, actually. Right. This one, honestly, even some of the songs, I was like, is that from the same musical? I couldn't, I had no way to be sure. And I just think that's, yeah, I think that's just the musical where maybe the songs don't come together in that same way. You know, I have to see this musical to really judge the musical, but I will say this episode's songs didn't make me super excited to see the musical. And it didn't feel like we were using the songs to unearth uh, emotional arcs the characters were going on. Yes. It did more look like we had a list of songs and we were like, we can plug this one in here. I would say maybe, maybe Betty's thing is the one I think that might have been the driving force of the whole, of the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fun. I love American Psycho. And I, if you guys haven't read the book, or if you haven't read the book, you should know going into it, it is not an easy read by any means. It is very disturbing, and I'm just going to leave it there. But if you haven't seen the movie, I think the movie's a lot easier to watch, personally, than reading the yeah. book is. I guess it's kind of a, a bummer that when they were picking the musical this season, they went for one that could be you utilized for the murder storyline for the serial yeah. killer storyline because doing a union workers rights storyline there is a long history of protest songs yeah. and musicals that could like be powerful songs about revolting against the man uh, uh hair uh, yeah hair for example uh, which I, would be crazy if they did hair. Did you know that my high school did hair? You told me that, yeah. That's insane, right? That's pretty crazy, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's all. That's that's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, it, it was it was it was fine. It just wasn't better than the other ones they've done. Yeah, I agree with that. Rumor mill. Rumor mill. Okay, so. So I, Agent Drake is. TVK's, TVK's daughter, daughter, and that's she's gonna pick up the mantle. She's one hundred percent like yeah. moving too fast. For this, mm. if it were Betty's choice, I wouldn't be feeling like this. But because she immediately was like, "Hey, I'm into you," yeah, and like now the TBK is gone, Betty has that false sense of security, and she's like, "Maybe I'll explore my feelings." And this girl was like, "Maybe you're trash." <laughs> <laughs> Psych, you're trash. <laughs> we're all trash here. And it only makes me wish more that Agent Drake were, were the other agent or the other girl who survived TBK. Yeah, that could have been Because then that fun. would be like she took the deal and Betty didn't. That would be fun. And maybe she can be like, I realized I was trash. You know? <laughs> and so are you. So Let's are go. You. <laughs> exactly. Where, where she like drags Betty out. It's like, where am I going to meet you? The dump. <laughs> I can't. I, I have to say I ship it though still. So fun. How fun would that be? I mean. I don't not here's, ship it. Here's, here's, the, here's my hope. Right? Okay. If this is true, we don't get it until like end of the season mm. everything seems fine and then agent drake like stabs jughead or something oh, like that that would be great right right <laughs> and then the final season betty's doing a killing eve with drake oh that's cool where she's like i gotta track her down but i'm also like really into her yeah stuff. it's so hard i gotta watch the killing eve i bet those two have feelings for each other 
<laughs> killing an Eve. Yeah, yeah, killing an Eve. I bet they. Do. I bet they do. But that's pretty much my biggest thing. And then the thing I wanted to bring up was that. Um, did you notice at the bachelorette party, there's a bachelorette party in Riverdale also, Betty's. Oh, I forgot about Me that. Me too, until I just was talking Who's about Who's at it that now. bachelorette party? I think the same people besides Agent Drake. Yeah, no Heather either. And no Heather. Right. But it was Sabrina, no, Sabrina wasn't there. That Alice though. might have been at that one though. Yes, I think she yeah. was. Yeah. So yeah, the question is, what's the Riverdale of all this going to be? I hope that Jughead. I hope Jug. We're about to get like a really trippy episode with Jughead, like in That'd like a cool. mindscape doing stuff with Rivervale. That would be really interesting. But like, Rivervale can't really play into any of the serial killer st- plot lines because it's like too ridiculous for that. So it's gonna right. have to hit something with Percival or Cheryl. Yeah, I'm interested. And I wonder if Abigail might be relevant to that somehow because she was in both. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. And her thing with the Bailey's Comet, that was in the Riverville Abigail story. That's right, that's right. That's where I remember Bailey's Comet from. Yeah, so there are a lot of, like, different little pieces. We still don't know how it's all working. Mm. That mm-hmm. is interesting, for mm-hmm. sure. And, uh, yeah, I think Percival's going to unleash some, like, you know, plagues, like in ancient Egypt. Love a plague. Riverdale. Mm. Uh, yeah, preferably not, like, not you know, a physical. the sickness plague, but like yeah, the other ones. You know, yeah, the yeah. fun ones. You know, the locusts, the frogs, the fire. Frogs would be fun. That'd be CGI fun. Anyway, uh, what are you excited about right now? What are you watching? So I just literally an hour before John got here was watching the summer. I turned pretty. Mentioned it earlier on the podcast. It's really good. It's really cute. It's like not like, truthfully, I didn't read the books, so it's not that I think that this show is like breaking any new ground, but it's very comforting. It's basically just about a girl who. Spends a summer at like her family friend's house in, I think it's the Hamptons or maybe it's Connecticut. I'm not really sure. Um, and you know, there's boys she likes and there's bonfires and there's, you know, summertime things. It's nice. Yeah. So, yeah. What about you? All my shows came back between our last recording and this one. All New your shows? seasons of For All Mankind, mm-hmm. of Evil. I'm not caught up on the boys at oh, all. Oh my God. But uh, uh, wow, am I liking Miss Marvel a lot? Yeah, and I know I'm in the bag for all this stuff. Of course, you uh, you'd be in the bag for Miss Marvel. Okay. I seriously recommend it. Yeah, okay, I'll fun, check it fun out. Fun teen girl stuff. This girl they found, Iman Vellani, mm-hmm. feels like she was created to play this role. That's weird. Like if you you'll watch her press tour, and she just is Kamala Khan in her personal life. She is that brown girl from, from I believe, Jersey, mm-hmm. who loved comic books and loved this character so Aww. much, dressed up as her for Halloween as a 15-year-old. How insane would that be? And is now playing... She never was an actress before and is now playing this role on this TV show that's, and playing it very well. That's like an insane movie plot. Right. Like, oh, I get to play the character I've been dressing up as. I'm like so fascinated to see where she's going to go with all of this. That's and so if cool. maybe, and you know what? I wouldn't even matter her if it turned out this is the only role she ever wants to play as an actress or mm-hmm. something like that. I have a question. She'll is, still play, get to play it a lot. Is is Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel, are they connected? Yes, by name. Carol Danvers was originally, well, I mean, she's had many superhero identities, Mm -hmm. but she was Miss Marvel for the longest time. Okay. There was a man who was Captain Marvel. Of course there was. Of course there was. Yes. And then eventually Carol becomes Captain Marvel. So there is no Miss Marvel for a little bit. And then this uh, writer, G. Willow Wilson, invents Kamala Khan, a uh, Pakistani Muslim girl 
from Jersey City who becomes an inhuman, which is basically a mutant by a different name, Mm -hmm. and gets these shape-shifting powers, which is kind of an interesting commentary on, like, uh, identity and whitewashing and hiding your your true self and all these things where, like, she has to learn to be out and proud and, like, look like herself while she uses her powers and she likes to make her fists really big and stuff. That's fun. Which is fun. And in the show, that's not where her powers come from. She, like, puts on this bangle that, like, activates something within her. And then she can make, like, hard light constructs, which kind of makes her powers like Green Lanterns. Okay. Who's one of my favorites. But then her story is incredibly Peter Parker Spider-Man, where, like, she's learning to use them. She saves a kid, but because she's not great with the powers, he gets injured, and then it's like, oh, no, someone's going to be like, that's a menace. She's yeah. bad, you know? That sounds cute. Yeah, it's a good time. I love that. And there's, like, no villain so far. Oh. And I'm still having fun. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I watched a scene from The Boys, and it fucked me up, and I don't think I can watch that show. Oh, I think I know. It's, it's from the new season. Yeah. I've been warned there's a, there's a, there's a scene early on that's going gonna, gonna to be a, it might a not, graphic. It might not be what you think it is. It's not the one with the penis? It's not the one with the penis. Oh. The, you're the second person to ask me if it was the one with the penis. No, I don't want to spoil it unless you want me to. No, don't do that. Okay. The Boys can, is, is uh, pretty hardcore. It's so hardcore. Yes. It's um, not just hardcore graphically. Like, I could kind of deal with that. Like, if it's, like, all gross, like, whatever. Right. It's, like, emotionally really fucked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty intense. Um, I can't watch it, it, it It's it ta- It's talking about some interesting stuff about how our culture treats power and celebrity and, and corporations and mm-hmm. fandom and all of these things. But at the same time, like, I... It, it can be difficult sometimes because I, I do I do like superheroes. Yeah. And I do like good guys and all that stuff. And, and it's deeply cynical and can be mean and can be hardcore. And yet at the same time, I know that the TV show is the optimal version compared to what the comic books were like. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I will say of everything I've seen of The Boys, I, I respect that show. I respect the hell out of the show. I think it's a great show. It seems in, like they work really hard on it. Yeah, you know? and I think that the writing is really good, and I think the fact that even I, just watching a clip, because it fucked me up psychologically. It didn't fuck me up. Like I was like, ugh, gross. Like, just watching a clip from something and knowing just what I know basically about the characters and being like, oh, holy shit, like that scene was so messed up that I can't believe... By the way, guys, don't message me about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Don't, don't, don't message me. Don't tell me, is it this scene? I don't want to talk about it. Um, but that's like the power of, of good writing. But it's also sort of like the scary thing about good writing. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, that really affected me. I don't want to talk about it. I'm serious. Don't you dare message me about it. I will not answer you. I'm sorry. I love you guys. Uh, talk to me about anything else. Okay? Thank you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to threaten you guys. You know which one it is. It's with the octopus. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to talk about it. It really fucked me up. Anyway, John, where can they find you? Where can they find us, John? Late into the night. Late in the into the night. production offices of Emerald on Netflix. Okay, so just give out your place of work if you want. It's okay, it's a secret production title. You'll never know what show it actually is. Yeah. Mm. When I tell you the title of the show, Emerald, and I tell you it's a crime show, I'm sure we're all on the same page. You're like, Wizard of Oz crime show? How fun! Reader, listener, it is not. <laughs> Don't you think there should be one? That, I, I mean, every as soon as you say it out loud, everyone's like, wait, it's a great idea. Isn't there a Wizard of Oz crime show? Do you remember the Zoe Deschanel miniseries Tin Man? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. It was like a kind of weird one where like Neil McDonough 
was is the Tin Man, which is like a cop in Oz, and that That's one fun. had like. Yeah, it was weird. Um, <laughs> so it was like Wizard of Oz kind of show. Yeah, yeah. I, no, it was just like a, a, a kind of like overdone sci-fi channel miniseries set okay. Wizard of Oz. They always love to do those. You know what's great though? Uh, Wicked. I was going to say uh, Brandy in the Muppets Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that's also good. <laughs> it's a fun time. I love. I just saw Wicked again and Wicked was great. Yeah, so. Wicked's pretty good. Yeah. I think if, if, if you were to make your Emerald City crime show... You'd want to basically research Wicked and, and try to make it continuing in that kind of world. Isn't there? Wasn't there a show called Emerald City? I think there was. Let's Google it. I'm pretty sure that there was a show called Emerald if there, City. If, if there, it was like a like an Emerald City crime show. I don't know if it was a crime show. I just think it was. It just a... feels like that's like noir in the Emerald City is like so fascinating. It could be. It, I feel like you couldn't have a serious show. Emerald City American drama series. When a tornado transports Dorothy, <laughs> transports Dorothy Gale from Lucas, Kansas, to the faraway land of Oz, her arrival sets in motion a prophecy about a disastrous event known as the Beast Forever, and strikes fear into the land's almighty ruler, the Wizard. On her quest to meet the Wizard in Emerald City, Dorothy encounters witches, an amnesiac soldier, a sheltered little boy, and many more mysterious beings who will ultimately shape the future of Oz and Dorothy's place in it. Wow. 2017, one season long drama. Huh. Starring uh, Adria Arjona as Dorothy Yo. That's cool. Oh, Oliver Jackson Cohen as the Scarecrow. <gasps> I love him. Yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio as the Wizard of Oz. Wow. wow. Quite a cast. Yeah. This is pretty wild. I know. Any Emerald City fans? Anyone? Anyone? Wow. What's what channel was this on? I want to say NBC, maybe ABC. Yeah, NBC. NBC. That makes sense. That feels like an NBC series. It does. It feels like NBC was like, hold on, we got to get some of that Once Upon a Time action. Yeah, yeah. I loved Once Upon a Time. We know that though. I think they're remaking it. What? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Why? Either it didn't go to pilot or if it, or if it went to pilot. It was in development, I'm pretty sure. Reboot. Uh, do you remember when they announced that Lost Boys TV show for the CW that was going to be that like never every happen? season's a different decade, but the cast doesn't age because they're all vampires. That's a good idea. And it never got made. That I think I read the pilot of that, but I don't think it... Yeah, it never And then I think that pilot also was not that idea. Like that concept yeah. felt like it was thrown out. Bummer. Could have been cool. Yeah. It's a good idea, though, to... The one problem with vampire shows, I've noticed this a little bit on the Vampire Diaries, if they run long enough, people look old. Like, Ian Summerholder, after, you know, doesn't look the same. He's not looking like a 17-year-old by the end of that show. He's not, and that's fine, because he's not. You know, Paul Wesley's going to be in Star Trek. Oh, that's exciting. He's going to play Captain Kirk. He's also going to be in the new Flowers in the Attic prequel series. Flowers in the Attic. We talked about this. Prequel to oh, this is no wait. This isn't Pretty Little Liars. This no, is... Flowers in the Attic is the incest uh, thing that <laughs> cool. I've I had cool, to cool, explain cool. to you before. So so the prequel is they're not attracted to each other. No, yet? the prequel is that the dad is attracted to the daughter. It's oh, really gross. That's where it's a Lifetime movie Yikes. actually, but he's in it. Here's the thing: the Lifetime movies are good. If you're into that, I don't know. <laughs> they're, like they're really enjoyable and really dark and like. Bleak. Do you remember that time Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig were in the Lifetime movie yes. and everyone's like, is this a bit? A deadly, no, they took it entirely seriously. A deadly adaption. Yeah. Yeah, with Jessica Lowndes from 90210. Crazy. Anyway. anyway, you can find us on the Riverdale Register podcast on Instagram oh. to answer your question. Dope. And where Dope. can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Riley Tweets. R-E-I-L-O-Y Tweets. Tweet, tweet.
Anyway, and John, so how many weeks before the next episode? I believe the next one comes out June 26th. Okay. So we have quite a bit of time. Great. Great. Time to figure out my life. Yeah. Well, I think by the time we record, you'll probably be done with work. Oh, boy. Yeah. We'll figure out your life then. Over and out, River Vixens.